Good morning. Welcome to First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin, whether you're joining us over the live stream or here in person. I am Chris Jimerson, co-lead minister for values and, minister, and ministries here at the church, um, and I am pleased to welcome each of you this morning. My pronouns are he, him. We are a spiritual community dedicated to a free and responsible search for truth, meaning, and beauty. We come from a long tradition of seeing a spark of the divine in every person. And it's in that tradition that I invite you to greet the holy among us this morning, either in the comments or online, or by turning to those around you here in the sanctuary. Good morning. I'm Margaret Borden. My pronouns are she, her, and I'm pleased to be your lay leader this morning. And we begin by lighting our chalice. Please join me in the words for doing so. This is the flame we hold in our hearts as we strive for justice for everyone. This is the light we shine upon systems of oppression until they are no more. This is the warmth that we share with one another as our struggle becomes our salvation. Our call to worship is All of Us Are Beautiful by Thomas Rhodes, a white male and retired Unitarian Universalist minister. We come in a variety of colors, shapes, and sizes. Some of us grow in bunches. Some of us grow alone. Some of us are cupped inward, and some of us spread ourselves out wide. Some of us are old and dried and tougher than we appear. Some of us are still in bud. Some of us grow low to the ground, and some of us stretch toward the sun. Some of us feel like weeds sometimes. Some of us carry seeds sometimes. Some of us are prickly sometimes. Some of us smell, and all, and all of us are beautiful. What a bouquet of people we are. This congregation has a mission. It's our common religious purpose. It guides our decision-making. It leads our programs and ministries. We wrote it together. We put it on our wall, and we say it together every Sunday so that we might carry it in our hearts throughout the week. Let's do so now. Together, we nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice to build the beloved community. I'm Kelly Stokes. I'm the Director of Lifespan Religious Education, and I'd like to invite all the children up to the front for the story. This is Wildflower by Melanie Brown and Sarah Gillingham. Daisy had just bloomed, and it felt good to open her petals and turn to the sun. What a beautiful place to be, she said. My mama says you're just a weed and you don't belong here, said Rose, growing nearby. What's a weed? Daisy asked. It's something that wasn't planted on purpose and gets in the way, said Rose. And I'm just a weed? Oh, yes, indeed. 
Daisy felt her head droop just a little. You want to try this with me? She's going to droop a little bit. See what it feels like to droop just a little bit. See how it feels in your body. Why did it matter if she was planted or not? There was plenty of space in this garden. Why are you here? Daisy asked Rose. Isn't it obvious? I smell and look amazing, replied Rose. And I'm a chef's best friend, added Sage, poking up. I make things taste yummy. Daisy frowned. But I'm just a weed? Oh, yes, indeed. Daisy's head drooped a little more. Daisy turned up towards Sunflower. What about you? I tower over the garden, and my seeds are good to eat. Sunflower threw back his petals. Yes, important plants only, Chamomile chimed in. Like me, my flowers make a soothing tea that can help people sleep. Wow, Daisy replied. So I'm really just a weed? Oh, yes, indeed. Daisy drooped completely. How does it feel? Droop with me. How does that feel? Does that feel good? No, poor Daisy. Strawberry flower smiled at Daisy. I'm sure weeds are good for something. Thank you, said Daisy. Why are you here, she added. I feed people, Strawberry Flower explained humbly. I make fruit that's sweet and juicy. But I'm just a weed? Strawberry Flower agreed. <sighs> Daisy sighed. Then she smelled something wonderful. It was sweet pea. Daisy said, I can guess why you were planted. You smell lovely, like Rose. I wasn't planted, said Sweet Pea. I just blew in on the wind, like you. I get called a weed sometimes, too. Really? Some call you a weed? Oh, yes, indeed. Daisy stretched up just a little bit. Another plant was sneaking over the fence. What's your name? asked Daisy. Who, me? I'm Blackberry Vine, and I am often called a weed, especially when I creep into gardens. But I make delicious berries. What about me? asked Clover. My roots carefully gather food to help other plants grow, but most still call me a weed. Me, too, said Dandelion. Children love to wish upon me. And my seeds fly through the air. You and I, we are wildflowers. And that means we can grow wherever the wind takes us. Really? asked Daisy. Oh, yes, indeed. Daisy stretched up a little more. Then Daisy heard Rose say, There's a weed in my sunshine. Rose was glaring up at a tall new flower that Daisy had never seen before. A weed, said the new flower meekly. There is more than enough sunshine for everyone, Rose, Daisy said. Every plant I met today is special and belongs here, no matter what we call them. Hello, I'm Daisy, and I'm a wildflower. Welcome to our garden. It's a beautiful place to be. Now is the time in our service when we center ourselves together. 
we breathe together. And as we breathe together, some pray, some meditate, some speak to the divine in whatever way they understand the divine. Some simply follow our breath to a deeper place inside, a place of flourishing, a place of greater wisdom and love, that place where a spark of the divine resides within each of us. Breathing together, we enter into a time of sacred silence together, remembering that in this congregation, the sounds of small children and other human sounds are a part of that silence. Breathing in, breathing out, we now enter into the sacred silence together. In a moment, when the music begins, I will invite you to light candles. As we light candles, please hold in your hearts Karen Neely and all those who loved Jack Deloach, who died on May 23rd, 2023 in Austin, following an extended battle with dementia. Holding Jack and those who loved him in your hearts, I invite you now to light candles of sorrow, joy, hope, remembrance, remembering to hold the sacred silence once the music has ended.
Our reading is entitled Flower Communion by Lynn Ungar. A white woman who describes herself on Instagram as a poet, a Unitarian Universalist minister, a singer, and a person who teaches dogs to dance. What a gathering. The purple tongues of iris licking out at spikes of lupin. The orange crepe skirts of poppies lifting over buttercup and daisy. Who can be grim in the face of such abundance? There is nothing to compare, no need for beauty to compete. The voluptuous rhododendron and the plain grass are equally filled with themselves, equally declare the miracles of color and form. This is what community looks like, this vibrant jostle stem by stem, declaring the marvelous joining. This is the face of communion, the incarnation once more gracefully resurrected from winter. Hold these things together in your sight, purple, crimson, magenta, blue. You will be feasting on this long after the flowers are gone. Every year when our flower communion comes around, I find myself thinking of my maternal grandparents again. Many of you have heard me talk about them many times because they were such a large part of my life and who I have become. I spent as much or more time at their house when I was growing up as I did at home. I'm thinking of them this morning because my grandmother loved flowering plants, and she had the greenest thumb of any person I have ever met. She would take cuttings of plants as she was out and about, bring them home, somehow get them to make roots, and then grow an entirely new plant in her own yard. She also grew plant species that really weren't supposed to be able to survive in the southeast Texas climate in which they lived. Their house had this wraparound porch, which she had covered from floor to ceiling with potted plants, most of them flowering, and her yard was covered with flower beds and a vegetable garden, and she had a greenhouse. Have I mentioned that she liked plants? (laughs) Now, my grandfather shared her love for flowering plants, but alas, not so much her green thumb. Now, he was hyperkinetic, though, so he would insist on helping her with the gardening, which usually meant he got in the way a lot. She would try to give him other things to do to distract him. I remember as an adult, when my spouse Wayne and I would go to visit them, they would always have to take, the, take us all around their yard and show us what new they had planted and what was currently blooming. On one such walk around their yard, my grandmother confided in me that she did indeed talk to her plants because, she said, a little love helps everything grow. At the end of these visits, they would also always insist that we take some of their abundant flowering plants with us. 
My grandfather would pull out his shovel and some clippers and busily get to gathering up portions of different plants for us, my grandmother warily monitoring him lest she need to intercede before he accidentally ravaged other plants nearby. Then when all was gathered, they would load the plants in cardboard boxes for us to bring home. My grandfather always had to pull out his trusty pocket knife and carve openings for handles on each side of the boxes because I guess cardboard boxes are impossible to pick up and carry. Otherwise, I don't know. My grandparents both lived well into my own adulthood, so they sent us home with many a box full of plants over the years. The day came, though, when we had to join my family at their house to begin clearing it out and preparing to let this place of so many living memories go to a new family. Even though they were both physically gone, I remember being able to sense their spirits as I walked around their yard one last time. It was spring, and I stopped at the back of the yard amongst my grandmother's azalea bushes, which were blooming in a variety of vibrant colors. Well, really, my grandmother had managed to grow those bushes until they were huge, so what I was actually standing among was the azalea trees. Many of their other flowers were also blooming, and I found myself absorbed in their visual beauty and wonderful fragrances. I remembered my grandmother also telling me once that one of the reasons she loved her plants so much was that she got to share them. I realized that all of those cardboard boxes full of flowering plants, carved handles and all, had been gifts of love they had shared with us. And suddenly, it was like they were still there. All the beauty and love they had shared with me over so many years was still there because it still lived in me. And our living tradition of the flower communion has been about the sharing of ourselves for 100 years now. On June 4, 1923, Reverend Norbert Chopik created the flower celebration at the Prague Liberal Religious Fellowship, his Unitarian church in Czechoslovakia. A visionary minister, he had built a bold church that celebrated the inherent worth of every person. He needed a symbolic ritual that would bind people together and not alienate parishioners by reminding them too much of prior religious traditions they had found harmful and oppressive. Sound familiar? He turned to the beauty of the surrounding countryside and created a communion where congregants would bring flowers from their gardens or fields or even the roadside and share them with one another, symbolizing that just as no two flowers are exactly alike, so each of us has an inherent and unique beauty. By sharing our uniqueness with one another, bound in a community of loving covenant, we all flourish. 
We create something greater than ourselves, just as the radiant colors of these floral bouquets surpass even the beauty of the individual flowers. Chopik's wife, Maya, also an ordained minister, came to the United States in 1940 and introduced this ritual to U.S. Unitarians while she was here. Unfortunately, she was not able to return to Prague at the time because World War II had broken out. It was only after the war she learned that the Nazis had sent Chopik to a concentration camp where they eventually killed him. Even in the concentration camp, though, he held a flower ceremony with his fellow prisoners using whatever flowering weeds they could find, testifying to a love larger than themselves and that would outlive them, that continues in the ritual we still practice today. In a few minutes, I'll invite you to begin at the back of the sanctuary and bring your flowers with you. If you were with us online, I hope you'll treat yourself to a flower sometime today and feel free to share floral photos in the comments. Here in the sanctuary, when you reach the tables with the vases on them, please place your flower in one of the vases. Then feel free to choose a different flower to take with you or, if you prefer, Find someone else in the line with you, and each of you may choose a flower to give to the other. Then return to your seats down this aisle, holding the gifts of beauty and love you have exchanged. We now consecrate our flowers with Reverend Chopik's prayer. Infinite spirit of life, we ask thy blessing on these, thy messengers of fellowship, and love. May they remind us amid diversity of knowledge and gifts to be one in desire and affection and devotion to thy holy will. May they also remind us of the value of comradeship, of doing and sharing alike. May we cherish friendship as one of thy most precious gifts. May we not let awareness of another's talent discourage us or sully our relationship, but may we realize that whatever we can do, great or small, the efforts of all of us are needed to do thy work in this world. Well, we need to extinguish the chalice so we can get to celebrating. Please join me in the words by which we extinguish the chalice. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. As we go out into our world now, let us continue to share our unique gifts. May we bring one another and our world delight. May we flourish and flower in communion with one another and all that is. May we remember that a little love helps everything grow. May the congregation say amen, amen. and blessed be. Blessed Go in peace.
This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at austinuu.org.